0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Out of Office Podcast. This is the podcast for people who want to go freelance or are already doing it. My name is Fiona Thomas, I am your host for today and every other day. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Um, Yeah, I'm back with another episode to hopefully help you live your out of office dream. If you didn't already know, I have written a book called Out of Office, it's available everywhere, the link is in the bio, so if you like what you hear today, you might enjoy reading my book if you haven't already. So, how the hell are you? How are you holding up in these strange times? I have spent the last week basically in bed. Um, Definitely a perk of being self-employed is that I've been able to reduce my working hours down substantially just to take care of my mental health. Um, Loads of the episodes that I've done on this podcast have spoken openly about my mental health but I'm definitely having a bit of a relapse at the moment. Um, I am in therapy so I do talk to someone a lot about my mental health Um, and yeah I'm getting the help that I need but it's tough, it's very tough right now. So if you're out there and you are struggling with motivation and you're feeling sad and you're feeling anxious, just, just to let you know you're not alone and I know how it feels and um, we've just got to take it one day at a time. So recording a podcast has been on my list, recording an episode has been on my list for a few days now so I'm just giving myself a big pat on the back for actually sitting down to do this. So I've got some notes and... I thought what we could talk about today was the concept of turning your passion into a profitable business because it's something that I think a lot of people are thinking about right now because um, everybody's sat at home and were maybe, I mean I say this, maybe got a bit of extra time on your hands um, or you are looking at the spans of time in front of you and thinking... Maybe I could take up a hobby or maybe I could start this business that I've always dreamed of starting. Or maybe you're just really fed up of the job that you're doing and you've realised that your passion doesn't lie in whatever your day job is and you would like to dip your toe in the freelance pool and see if you can make a go of something that you actually enjoy to do. So I thought I would talk a bit about that today and discuss like first of all how to figure out what your passion is I've, I've got another episode on this which is about finding your purpose so definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't already um so I'll talk a little bit about that and then talk about the, the actual practical steps that you can take to get your free, freelance dream started um during this time when motivation might not be the thing that you've got the most of. (laughs) So, above all, be kind to yourself. That's If I could give you one piece of advice today, that is it. Please be kind to yourself. And I say that because it's what I need to hear as well. I'm trying not to be too hard on myself right now. So, if you're sitting there thinking, 2021, this is is my year. I want to start taking life by the horns and I want (laughs) to try out making make a go making a go of something that you're passionate about. I think something that I struggled with back in you know back when I was working in hospitality management before I got into this freelance writing stuff, something I struggled with was that I felt I didn't have a passion. I felt really annoyed that there were people out there who, from the moment they were conscious of hobbies and and fun and what you do with your spare time really annoyed about people (laughs) who just naturally knew what they wanted to do. People who were like I'm destined to be an actor, I can't do anything else. Or even people who go into like maybe non-creative professions like who've always wanted to be a nurse or they've always wanted to be a teacher. I felt really cheated that I did not have that (laughs) that inert urge to do a specific thing. So if you're feeling like you don't have a passion, like, I totally get what that feels like. Um, And now I can say that my passion is absolutely writing, but back then, I couldn't really see that. It was always there, but I couldn't see that it was there, or I wasn't willing to believe that it was actually going to lead to anything good, because I thought it was a pipe dream. I thought, I like to write, but I'm not professional. I'm not good enough to do it professionally. I'm not good enough to get paid. And I had that kind of limiting belief of... Ugh, nobody makes money as a writer. Uh, nobody, nobody ever gets published. It's really hard to be a successful writer. So what's point in trying? So I would urge you to maybe try and let go of those beliefs that you've got. You know, I'm not telling you that you have to go out and be an award-winning dancer or have your artwork shown at like the Tate Modern. Like that's, I'm not saying you have to go and do that. But I think it's quite freeing to allow yourself to actually dream about that stuff, so first step is to like, you know, I'm not we're not at the point, you're not necessarily at the point where you're going to be starting your business right now you're just thinking about it so allow yourself to dream about what your future could feel like if you found a passion and you were successful at it and try new things, you know I always remember someone I went to work, someone I worked with before um, she got out of union, she didn't know what she wanted to do, and our dad took her to one side and said, Look, you're not passion and purpose isn't going to come knocking on your door and tell you, Hi, you're supposed to do this job. You have to go out and find it for yourself and that, that really stuck with me. So I think give yourself permission to try new things. So whether it's um signing up to um an online event for, you know, how to start knitting or how to start journaling or how to do cross stitch. I don't know why I've gone for all <laughs> like embroidery based hobbies. Um But you know, what? what's holding you back? What What's the worst that could happen if you just sign up to do one little class? You know, there's so many free virtual classes on offer at the moment. Um, why not take advantage of that? You know, watch a YouTube tutorial on something that you're interested in if you're into makeup um, makeup artistry like just start experimenting on yourself give yourself permission to try these things and don't be afraid to give those things up if you find after you know a month of trying to get into knitting you find out that actually I'm not that into this. I thought it would be fun and it's not. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine too. It's fine to start things and then give them up. I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I say, online courses is a brilliant place to start. Um, When I was in my job in hospitality management, I knew that I didn't want to do that forever. So I started doing... Um, courses and that was, God, what year was that? Like 2008, 2009? So online courses, the only place you could really do an online course back then was Open University and I actually did um, a free, well, I got some funding to do an um, Open University course in counselling, which is quite interesting because back then I didn't have any mental health concerns and I certainly didn't think that I needed therapy, yet here I am. (laughs) knee deep in my own therapy journey um so I did an introduction to counselling and involved reading and um yeah lots of reading and writing essays a couple of essays to prove that I understood some of the concepts and I was so happy that I did it because a it was just something completely different to what I was doing so I was working day to day in a coffee shop um didn't really require many much like well didn't require any academic thought. It was all like very practical and business minded, so it was something totally different and it just really like stimulated my brain in a way that I, I think I really needed at the time. Um, so I enjoyed that and it also once I completed the course, which was I think three months long, it wasn't very long. I knew for a fact that I didn't want to be a counselor. <laughs> so it was I just think it's really good to try these things and it's not. A waste of time, like I found it really helpful just to do it. Didn't cost me any money, um, or if it did cost me any money, it wouldn't have been a lot because I didn't have any money back then. And I was, it was just really enjoyable to do it and kind of follow that rabbit hole and then turn around and come back out. And yeah, there was no harm done. So and obviously right now online courses are rife, they are everywhere. Um I've also got a, a podcast episode which is all about the um, free, lots of free places that you can get online courses. So if you go back to, I'll get the episode up. Um, Yeah, it was a episode posted on the 19th of June. It was part of the digital debrief series that I did. And it's called Online Resources for Self-Development. And in that episode, I have got um, some free resources that you can access if you're looking for courses to explore what your passion might be. Another way to kind of self-reflect on what kind of business you might like to run or what your passion might be is to journal. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that journaling has become quite a big part of my life. I've got a IGTV on there, which is all about my um, journaling routine, and I'm not really big a big fan of routine, but journaling routine seems like something I can I can stick with, and as a writer, I just find writing stuff down helps me untangle my thoughts. So you might find that journaling is a good way for you to just kind of in your own time, in your own space, just quietly. Write down how you're feeling, um, and write down what you would like your days to look like, and what you know, what kind of stuff would you do? Like, if you won the lottery, what would you, what would you want to do day to day? Because this is a conversation me and my husband have all the time. If if we won the lottery, what would you do? And I was like, I would still run my, I would still run my business. I would obviously invest more money into it, but I would still run my business because I would do this whether people paid me or not. And that's how I know it's my passion. So if you can have a think about like, if you had infinite funds, what would you put that money into? And what would you, what impact would you want to have on the world? Then I think that's a really good signifier of what your passion might be. So at the end of this, maybe get out a, a notepad and just give yourself the challenge of writing about what you would do if you won the lottery. Because I think you might surprise yourself about the things that come up when you write about that. Another good thing you can do is to visualize your ideal future or visualize yourself as a happy creatively fulfilled person in the future. I know this sounds a bit woo woo but my friend Kirsty Hulse who is an amazing confidence coach um, she taught me this thing where you just visualize yourself in the future And you just allow yourself to visualise where you are, what you're wearing, the setting around you, how you feel and what your day-to-day looks like. Like, what are you doing when you're calm and content and fulfilled in the future? And I think that's quite a good way to figure out. So for me, if I was to do that now, I visualise myself like, you know, working short days, working from home, being in comfortable clothes, having the freedom to... Um, take time off during the day and go outside most of my day would be made up of writing lots of writing so to me that's a signifier that I should keep going down this path and that I should make writing a big part of what I do so if you can maybe if you meditate or if you do yoga or just before you're going to bed like it can be quite a nice practice to just visualize your future self and give yourself just permission again to explore different ideas so maybe one one time you might visualize yourself living abroad or maybe you might visualize yourself like running like a big business with lots of staff and team underneath you what would that feel like is that something you'd want to do um yeah visualization is such a powerful way to just almost like transport yourself into a like a, a parallel universe where these things have happened um and when you feel in that content and that fulfilled state, what is it that you're doing day to day? Is it that you're an artist? Is it that you are running an online store? Is it that you are working as a journalist? There's just yeah, it's a really good way to just kind of like wet your appetite and and give yourself permission to dream big, which I think it's just even if you don't do anything with it, I just think it's a really nice practice at the moment when you are not feeling. which I am not. And another tip I would give you is just to be patient. If you are feeling like you really want to get going and you really want to build a business, take it in small steps and take it a few few days at a time. Because if you stop to think about all the work that it takes to to get to uh, the end point, it might put you off. So... Be patient with yourself. There's no rush here. You know, we're talking about passion projects and side hustles. These things take time, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's no rush here, so don't put pressure on yourself. Enjoy this exploratory phase where you are just dreaming and and planning and learning and soaking up all this knowledge before you actually take any steps. So be patient with yourself. So let's get into the profit making part of this. We've done the passion, now let's get to the profit. The first thing that I would say for you to think about, brainstorm before you take any action would be think about multiple income streams. This is something that I talk about a lot. I talk about it a lot in the out of office book. Um, If it's something that you want me to go into more depth about. I can definitely do a full episode on multiple income streams because it's something that I am really, really passionate about. It's something that I think can give you incredible job security as a freelancer. It can also give you creative fulfilment because you don't get bored because you're working on lots of different projects at any one time. And I think it can just really minimise a lot of the anxiety that comes with uh, being self-employed because a lot of the time, you can feel like you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. But with multiple income streams, you have lots of different options. So for me, like at the moment, um, like the other day, I was writing an article for Habitful Magazine. That's great. I'm going to get some money from that. Uh, at the moment, I am promoting my Find Your Voice course, which is a three-week creative writing course for anyone who wants to get into writing non-fiction and writing from your own experience. That is a three-week course that I'm going to spend the most of February promoting, um, and tickets go on sale on the 22nd of February, the link for that is in my description notes if you want to join up to the wait list. So I'm doing a course, so I'll make money from that. Um, last month I also ran a creative writing webinar, just a one-off session, so that's like a lower price offering that people can get in just for one day, or half a day it was for, and I get money from that and I also have one-to-one work so I can work with you on a one-to-one basis for help with freelance writing, pitching to magazines or starting a side hustle so I do that as well and I also uh, you know sometimes I'll work with clients one-to-one writing copy for their brand Um, I've done social media management for I do public speaking so I will go into businesses or I'll go into like communities and I'll deliver a workshop for them so there that's like I don't know four or five different multiple income streams that I've personally got and it means that if you know for whatever reason I don't want to do run courses anymore it's not the end of the world I've got quite a few other options that I can pour my time and my energy into and make some money so multiple income streams is such an important part of a stable freelance business. So I would challenge you once you've figured out what your passion is or you've got an inkling of what it may be, get a pen and paper and brainstorm a few different, well as many different income streams as you could possibly think of. So I'll give you an example. Um, So I order cake (laughs) from the most Amazing baker, she is called Abigail, and she has a online cake shop called M and H Cake. Now, I think she's a really good example of how she has multiple income streams because she, on her website, she has um, wedding cakes. Now, obviously, wedding cakes are high price. You know, much more expensive than say, like a single cupcake. Um, but I imagine that wedding cakes don't come around as often. So maybe there's like one a week or one a month. I'm not sure how many she does, but there's fewer of them and they take a lot of time and attention to get them right. Now, Abigail also sells on her website biscuits. She sells personalised biscuits as well. So if you think about um a wedding cake is for... A couple it's for an individual it's for a family it's for personal use I guess you would say um, but personalised biscuits opens her up to the corporate world so it means that um, like I've seen I think the reason I found out about her was because her biscuits arrived in a wild woman uh, subscription box that I get delivered so she's got corporate clients through that and um, she also sells birthday cakes she also sells Cake tubs, which are <laughs> the most amazing invention ever. It's basically like bits of sponge cake and cream and icing, but it's all put into a tub. So instead of you buying like a full cake from Abigail, which, you know, um, I it's just me and my husband. We don't need like an entire cake. You can buy a cake tub for a much more affordable price, and she mails it out to you. Which I just think just think is brilliant. Um, like she's nailed it, um, these amazing flavours you can get, like Oreo, Red Velvet, Sticky Toffee Pudding, like all these amazing, amazing flavours, um, and they get mailed out every week. And so, I think that's a really good example of like not only is she targeting different price points because she's got the lower priced um, cake tubs leading up to, you know, more expensive personalised biscuits, up to birthday cakes, up to uh, wedding cakes. So, she, she might make a few sales in the week but they could be all different price points but she also has opened her business up to lots of different audiences so there's like you know people at home who want cake that's a lot of different people that's a lot of demographics covers all age groups it covers um, both genders it covers you you know, just so many, such a wide scope of people that would order cake tubs, whereas wedding cakes is obviously more niche. Not everybody needs a wedding cake. So I think that, I just think that's a really good example of somebody who's figured out multiple income streams and not to mention that Abigail sells her cakes on different websites. So I'm pretty sure she's, she's on, um, not on the high street. So she's got different, avenues that her customers can find her and to give you one more example i will talk to you about um my friend ellie who is a photographer and she took some amazing brand photos of my book which you will see they're on my instagram feed all the time (laughs) Uh, she's done really well to incorporate multiple income streams into her business especially at a time when photography is basically impossible to carry out at the moment because of restrictions so typically she would be you know on set with people in the studio or outside you know up and close and personal with people taking photos so that's one income stream she targets different audiences so she's got her um small businesses so people like me who are looking for personal branding photography she also works with yoga instructors she has worked with families in the past so that's her photography business or her the photography arm of her business but she also um, last year she launched an online course which I actually helped her with I wrote some of the Instagram captions and some of the copy for her emails so she launched a online course which was really affordable, I think it was about £60 and basically it was perfect because it was teaching people how to take their own brand photography at home on their iPhone which was basically everybody was stuck at home and anybody who was wanting to start a business or wanted new photography didn't have access to a professional photographer so this course really targeted people who wanted to learn more about photography Again, different price point because her photography services are much more expensive because they're bespoke and they take more time for her. But the course, when she created it, um, didn't need as much input from her because people could just log in and view the video f- for the course and, and get access to it that way. So she made it more accessible at a lower price point. And I know that she has also just started up a brand membership a brand photography membership community which is somewhere between the two in price point I can't remember exactly how much but it's more affordable than just hiring a photographer every time you need their services so that gives people access to her um on a more regular basis so I just thought I just thought it was again really good example of how You can rethink what the traditional way is that you think people would work with you. Um, Just because you are a photographer doesn't mean that you can only do one on one photography. You can branch out and you can do lots of other things. So I would definitely challenge you to think of all the different ways that you could make money doing the thing that you love and give yourself permission to write down ideas that maybe you don't feel confident carrying out yet but you could work towards so if you had asked me a year ago or two years ago did I think I would be teaching writing courses I would have said absolutely no don't feel qualified to do that but now I do so nothing you know just because you don't feel confident to do it right now doesn't mean that it is out of the realm of your possibilities. so write down as many ideas as you can think of and yeah, you can take it from there and see what feels like the most doable to you. Bear in mind that if you are working with a low priced product, and I just want to touch briefly on pricing, if you're working on a low priced product, like or a low profit product I should say, so say you were doing something like embroidery and you were selling your little embroidery products for maybe 10 or 15 pounds, first of all, how much time is it going to take you to make each one and what are the costs of the products or the the goods that you're kind of using to make, like the thread and what else is using embroidery? I don't know, the thread and the, the stuff, whatever stuff you need to use. So how much profit are you actually making on it and how many units are you going to have to sell to make your target for the week or for the month? So, Bear in mind with lower price products you do have to do a lot more work to generate enough income to have a profitable business which is why it's good to have lots of different price points. So if you are doing embroidery and you're selling things at a low price point you might want to consider offering one-to-one um, teaching to people or creating workshops that are a higher priced product. You know maybe you get a you know, a virtual workshop together where each person pays like, you know, seventy five pounds and in the post they get a little starter kit and then they get an hour of your time to show them what to do in a group. So if you've got ten people in that group you can make, you know, seven hundred and fifty pounds and then just take away whatever you've had to send them in the post. So it's just worth thinking that if your passion project is a low priced offering you might want to consider, ways that you can make more money in less time. Just something to think about. So for taking action to actually turn your passion into a profit, I think a good place to start is just to get a notepad, get a a really nice notebook that you're going to dedicate to your business and write down, brainstorm everything that you can possibly think of that you might need to do to get things off the ground. So Everything from setting up a website to starting your social media to maybe you're actually going to look at premises, maybe you want to have a shop at one point, maybe you need to buy stock, you need to think about getting clients, think about networking, maybe you want to join a membership community. All the different things that you would need to do to get things off the ground, and. Basically, I think the best thing to do when you are getting started, this is the point where, like I said earlier, there's no pressure on this, there's no time scale, you can do this in your own time. So, once you've brainstormed all those things, start with the things that are either A, the easiest. <laughs> so, yeah, claiming your Twitter handle, claiming your Instagram handle, that's not going to take long. Maybe you do that and check off the list. So start with the stuff that's easy or the stuff that sounds like fun to you. So for you it might be, if it's this embroidery business that I keep going on about, (laughs) maybe it is that you start just setting aside a night a week where you actually do your embroidery. And you're going to build up uh, your portfolio of work and you're going to have lots of examples to show people and you're going to get really good at what you do. And just set aside that time, whether it's an hour a week, two hours a week, three hours a week and go back to that list, keep going back to that list and say right, what can I check off this list today and add to it of course when you start to realise that there's more to do because there's always more to do (laughs) go back to that list and just start checking things off here and there, maybe it's you you join that Facebook group maybe it's that you make a graphic for your Instagram account, maybe it's you start writing your about page for your website maybe it's that you start calculating how you want to price yourself maybe you do some market research to see how other people are pricing themselves there's so many things that you can do just to take little tiny steps and before you know it you'll turn around and you'll be like oh I've done like 50% of the things on this list and I'm actually at the stage where people are approaching me for work or I'm actually at the stage where I feel like I've got enough stuff that I can make this I can put my website live or you know the more Little steps that you take, the more it will grow arms and legs and actually becomes a business before your eyes. Because there's not going to be one day where you just like all of a sudden feel like you're a business owner and feel like you are a successful freelancer. It's a gradual thing, and yeah, eventually you'll just turn around and be like, ah, I'm doing it. I'm actually doing the thing. So, my final piece of advice would be get comfortable with taking messy action. So I see a lot of people spending a lot of time and a lot of money procrastinating. So they will invest thousands in um, getting access to a life coach, a business coach, they'll do a course on how to master Pinterest, then they'll do a course on Instagram, then they'll do a course on LinkedIn, then they'll do a course on Oh, how to be the best embroiderer yet again? And I know, <laughs> I know what that I said. It's really good to get into courses, but there comes a point where are you using this as a reason not to take action? Because and it's totally natural. Comes from a place of fear. Comes from a place of maybe feeling like a bit of an imposter, feeling that like you're not qualified to do the thing that you want to do. But once you've done a couple of courses, there comes to a point where you have to say, okay. I'm going to have to take some action now. And that action can be messy and will probably be messy a lot of the time. You will make mistakes. You will go down rabbit holes, like I said earlier, and decide, I shouldn't have done this. This isn't actually right for me. That's okay. Taking messy action is better than not taking any action at all. Um, Just don't, don't get yourself into crazy amounts of debt, getting lots of coaching before you actually get started. So I'd say have fun with it, maybe pick a couple of courses that you feel you're going to enjoy. Again, bring it back to what are you going to enjoy? I personally wouldn't enjoy doing a Pinterest course because that's not my bag, but that might be yours. So pick something that you think that you'll really enjoy and you'll get something out of, whether it turns into a business plan or not. So I hope that you found some some little gems of knowledge from that again my my number one tip be kind to yourself guys please be kind um whatever you do today is enough whatever you do this week is enough find something that you enjoy and just crack on and have have some fun any little semblance of joy that we can get out of the world at the moment <laughs> should be treasured and yeah don't don't feel guilty about doing the stuff that you enjoy at the moment so that is all for me for this week. If you are finding that maybe writing is something that you are interested in and you're thinking maybe you like to follow that as your passion, You might be interested in my Find Your Voice course. It starts uh, at the beginning of March. The doors are open on the 22nd of Feb. All the details are in the description if you want to join the waitlist. Keep your eyes peeled for that. If not, of course, remember you can buy out of office in all good bookshops. Well, virtually, of course. The link for that is in the description. If you enjoy this episode, please uh, subscribe for future episodes and leave me a nice review if you've got the time. And that's all for this week. Take it easy, and I will see you in the next one. Bye.